Lauren, it's such an honor to have you here at Duty Honor Real Estate. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> um, let's get right into it. Awesome. So Duty Honor Real Estate, this podcast is about veterans who transition to real estate. And I know your story is amazing. So please, <laughs> let's start with that. Well, I uh, graduated from the Naval Academy, beat Army, just to say it up front. <laughs> and I um, spent 10 years on active duty. I was a service warfare officer for a period of time until I got my qualification. And then I transitioned into public affairs. And that's where I spent the majority of my time in the Navy. It was really a great experience. Um, I worked at the Pentagon. I worked in Singapore and throughout Southeast Asia. I was in Guantanamo Bay. So I had a lot of great experiences. I think one of the best things that I did was just working in public affairs. I was able to um, work with a lot of higher level senior officers and civilians. So I just learned a lot about thought process, how they made decisions, and just being a fly in the wall for some really big military operations and that type of thing was super helpful to understand um, how decisions were made. And I just share that because it's a super translatable skill in real estate. When I was working at the Pentagon, I was advising on public affairs matters to senior leaders. And now working as a realtor, I am advising my clients on their matters. So it's very much a similar skill set that translates very well. Um, how did I get into a real estate? Well, I got off active duty at the end of 2016, and then my then boyfriend, now husband, and I moved from the DC area to Denver, Colorado. We decided that we wanted a little bit more balance, work-life balance in our life, instead of being in the Beltway bubble working all the time where we were in DC. So we've been here since the end of 2016 and loved it. I uh, kind of took my time out of um, getting out of the military. I did not jump right into, you know, a consulting role or anything like that. It just never felt like a good fit for me. So I spent some time just doing some startup stuff. I was finishing my master's at the War College and really just used the time outside of the Navy to explore different opportunities and different career fields. One of the interesting things about that, though, is I had bought my first home when I was 22, just at graduating from the Naval Academy. And I sold it about a year, year and a half before I got off active duty. And the proceeds from that sale actually enabled me to just take my time um, after I got off active duty to explore those career fields. I didn't feel pressured to get a job right away or anything like that. So finished my master's, went back to school for some other training, and then just decided to get a job. Um, that lasted about eight months. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I was not a cubicle warrior. Um, I felt very stunted um, and no growth opportunity. And I can remember it was December 27th, 2018. And I had just gotten back from a very quick trip to, for the holidays to the East Coast because I only had a couple days off. And I just remember thinking like, what am I doing with my life going to this same job um, and just not feeling fulfilled. And instead of working that day, I just spent the entire day learning about real estate. Um, the next thing I knew was enrolled in real estate school. I used my GI Bill to get my real estate license, which was a really great thing because it gave me a buffer. Um, the way I went to school, I actually went to a community college, and I was able to get my full GI Bill for that semester. And the money that I had made through that GI Bill um, enabled me to start up my real estate business that spring of May 2019. Wow. I mean, just in that <laughs> transition, 
from when you were in Singapore all the way to now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many golden nuggets. I mean, just to hit on it, because like the military gives us so many opportunities to see the world. Mm-hmm. So you see how the world is. Mm-hmm. And when you go into the civilian sector, you're just even more prepared for how people react. I mean, I love how you even spend time at the Pentagon. So to talk about advising. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully your advisement helped us, you know, <laughs> you know, continue America. But um, no, it's, you know, one of the things you hit on that I thought was really interesting was you had a time where you, you didn't know what you wanted to do. You were, you were thinking of something bigger. You, mm-hmm. you felt that this, this probably were this nine to five, the cubicle warrior, like, you know, that maybe that job security just wasn't satisfying for you. And I, I just love how you hit on that. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Like mm-hmm. why, because that's key to the transition to real estate because it's an entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, what was there? Like what was eating you alive? Yeah, I think when I transitioned into public affairs um, in the Navy, one of the reasons why I did so was like, oh, it's a transferable skill. I can use this if I decide to get out of the Navy. And I never thought I was going to get out of the Navy, but you know, you grow and learn and life changes and I made that decision. Um, I, I ended up working in like, corporate communications at an organization here in Denver, and it just wasn't exciting enough, right? I would go to work, um, and I am used to like kind of work being part of my identity. And there are lots of people who could just sit in that desk um, from nine to five and not feel passion or mission or excitement, and we're okay, just status quo. And that's just not how I am. I am very growth oriented and want to continue to learn and um, better myself. And sometimes it just felt like business as usual and a bureaucracy. And that's just not who I am. And um, I had to break free out of that. Doesn't mean it was a bad place. It just wasn't a good cultural fit for me. Wow. Um, You you hit some key words there, like identity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like your identity, it's so important. Um, because as veterans, we're, we're in this microcosm of being in the military, and we're all, you could say, one not like the other, or we're all the same, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're in formation. And when you get out, that's your only time to really discover, I think, your identity, because mm-hmm. it's hard to be a, it's, par- it's hard to have identity in the military. And yeah. so when you get that little purgatory, if you will, that mm-hmm. time, um, th- that's so important to discover it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great to hear because, I mean, I had the same challenge. Like I, I used to call myself like I was just a homeless veteran <laughs> and I would just sit in my bed. Yeah. And Lana would be like, yo, you need to get to work. <laughs> and, and I was trying to figure out my identity. Mm-hmm. And I was debating between like, should I go to a top MBA school, then go to like some consultant firm or whatever. And I just knew that wasn't for me because my identity just didn't resonate with that. So, I mean, it's so good to hear that. But what, yeah. 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 No, I think that's super important because being service academy grads, you know, there's a certain what you're supposed to do, right? And I think you and I have both gone on paths that weren't necessarily what we were supposed to do, but were true to who we are and and, then didn't necessarily follow the mold. And I, don't think that that is spoken enough um, for veterans who are looking to get out, especially officers and that type of thing. You know, you go to all these consulting programs and transitioning programs and learn about these fields, but sometimes that's just not the right fit, and and that is okay. I don't think veterans 
get enough permission to explore different career fields outside of the white collar jobs too. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's just such good, like just observation, you know, (laughs) self-reflection of your time in the military. But what I also felt in just in your transition is that you had the foresight to use your VA loan Mm -hmm. right after the academy. I wouldn't be surprised if you (laughs) used it during the academy. Uh, But that's huge because it talks about how you have to think about, because you're going to make a transition, and transitioning is the most vulnerable Mm -hmm. time for anyone. Yeah. And you were like, like, talk Mm -hmm. about that. Like, Mm -hmm. why, what made you? Because that's something that I think people need to know about what are some specific steps or resources mm-hmm. to help mitigate risk when you transition. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to kind of share the story of when I bought my home. Yeah. So I graduated in May of 20, 2008 and moved out to San Diego, had a rental. And I always grew up with kind of helping my dad around the house, doing projects, that type of thing. And I remember just as a young child, he'd tell me to buy real estate early. You know, he had his license, but he didn't practice, but he would just always encourage me to buy. So when I was able to finally use my VA loan just a couple months after graduating, um, I started looking for a home and ended up buying a condo about 20 minutes um, east of downtown San Diego. And I bought it for two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> and what? I bought it for two hundred thousand dollars on December thirty first, two thousand eight, which was kind of at the height of the Great Recession and everything like that. And real estate prices were crashing all around me, but I felt confident in the job that I had. I knew that I had job security, being a brand new junior officer in the Navy for a couple of years. Um, I knew that I could afford it, and I was only going to continue to have a higher salary. So I went off and bought that condo. And it was was really the best thing that I did. I loved the experience just kind of looking at properties and that type of thing. Um, and I bought the home and I owned it from 2008 until I think I sold it in 2015. Funny enough, I sold it when I was stationed in Singapore and I did not um, even talk to my realtor. He was actually my property manager, which isn't something in hindsight. There's a lot of mistakes yes. I met buying and selling my property. Um, but it, I did it all online. Like I never even talked to him. It was all via email. And the, the reason why I decided to sell when I did, I could have held on to it yeah. and continued keeping it as a rental. I sold it because I had lived within it two of the past five years. So I, all the gains that I made would have been tax-free or was tax-free. And so I was able to use those profits um, and just keep it in my account. And when I got out of the Navy, that was that was there. That was like probably six, seven, eight months worth of a salary to pay my bills at that time for allowing me to explore and everything like that during that post-Navy transition. And I think you and I, we, we joined the military when we were 18 years old. Yeah. And I got out when I was 31. So I didn't know anything different. Um, I had never taken a real bet on myself. Um, and that was what owning real estate allowed me to do, was to take a pause, reflect, and figure out what's next. Man, I love hearing every <laughs> veteran's first real estate transaction. And the fact you bought in a primary market, 200000 <laughs> When the world was ending is just incredible. Yeah. But it stems from your dad mm-hmm. who gave you that idea. And to me, when I hear that, I think of network. Mm-hmm. Because network doesn't have to be a business partner or something like that. Like it could be your family, your friend who gives you that idea. Mm-hmm. And 
and that's what like this 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 community mm-hmm. duty on a real estate is is really thriving with each other to to prompt the question mm-hmm. you know to maximize the benefits so that's so cool and it's so funny uh, I, you know me being a father to my daughter I'm definitely going to tell her the same thing <laughs> and Lana her dad told her to buy real estate mm-hmm. which got us into real estate yeah. so it's just so important that you know knowledge is power mm-hmm. and it's even better when it comes from people you love like yeah. and trust um, can I, I want to yeah. jump in on that because yeah. I do think it's super important. What actually got me into real estate was another veteran. So Good. I was at um, like a veteran specific job networking happy hour thing that my husband was presenting at. And I was talking to another realtor who was right next to his booth. And um, I was like, oh, I thought I've always thought about getting to real estate, but I just never. And but he told me, he's like, you'd be good at it. You should do it. And the next thing I know, three months later, I was in in a class getting my real estate license. And, you know, within six months, I was I quit my job and was a full time real estate agent. Boom. It's always having that battle buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys say that in the Navy. <laughs> in the Army, we have battle buddies. Uh, maybe shipmates. Shipmates. <laughs> Your shipmate helped you out there. No, that's good. Um, you know what's also good that I, I love that you were talking about is that in the military, and I always tell people, like, think of a Monopoly board. That's the world. And the Army lets you roll the dice and you fall on whatever base, mm-hmm. right? And then you have an opportunity to buy a house there, right? And it, what allows you to buy the house is the fact that you have the security mm-hmm. of the United States Army, yeah. military, Navy, whatever, and you have this thing called a VA loan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and there's just not enough um, <clears throat> education about Ugh, that. No. There's not. And I have my theories why. <laughs> But this this community will will change that. You will change that. Now, um, you, you were doing like you were illustrating so many cool characteristics of the VA loan. I imagine you have some like tips and tricks. Um, <laughs> just how to you know because in the military they give us what SOPs right, mm-hmm. and so I imagine you know how to leverage the VA loan so it can effectively maximize benefits for veterans who sacrifice for them. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is to use it, right? There's so many veterans out there that don't use their VA loan. And so this is an incredible opportunity to one, stabilize monthly payments and own a property and grow wealth. And I don't think that enough veterans are educated or informed about how to actually use it. It's a lot less scary than it may seem. I think there's a lot of maybe myths and stereotypes out there, um, but there I've had more veterans buy this year than I've had in the past couple of years. And I think the market that we are currently in is very friendly to veterans. There's a lot of opportunities. The biggest challenge I see, especially sometimes with my veteran buyers, is the inflexibility of understanding that you have to get into the market to get up in the market. Mm. And that's something that I'm very big on because I think a lot of people want to jump from an apartment to a single family home. And for many, that is not the right jump, whether you're a veteran or not. But I think you need to buy what you can today so you can buy what you want tomorrow. And Mm. if you don't get into the market today, you may never be able to get into the market. I mean, I'm just, I'm here. I'm here (laughs) jotting away right here. You just (laughs) dropping bombs like it's a Navy (laughs) ship or something. But, um, no, I love what you're saying. I mean, you're you're pretty much saying, like, just do it. I mean, that's the only way we're going to learn, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of the military experiences, it's like, 
uh, on-the-job training. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times have they been like, give you a mission, you're like, I don't really know what to do. So you've already had that muscle memory, so Mm -hmm. just do it. Yeah. You know, and then if you have the right network, it's only going to get easier. Yeah. You know? Um, A couple things, mm -hmm. though. I think just do it with caveats, right? You shouldn't just... Yeah. yeah, yeah, You should go do it. 100%. You should go buy a home, whatever you can afford today. I think you should do that. But you need the right team with you. And there are um, the right agents. You know, we all, there's really great yeah. agents, and then there's agents that don't sell a lot. So I think buyers need to be doing a lot more due diligence on who they're working with because they will shorten their timeline to getting into home if they have the right agent. And most importantly, the, the right lending partner. I think, you know, you Google VA loan, and there's a lot of big name yeah, companies many. out too there many. that are advertising for veterans um, and VA loans, unfortunately. In my experience, not all of those big name companies are doing well for the veterans. I yeah. the, there's a lack of education and engagement, and I think there is a mis- misperception that only specific lenders can do VA loans. I've never met a lender who can't do a VA loan, and so really making sure that you have the right agent and the right lending partner, and they're a team and they're local, will really set a veteran up for success. No, I mean you hit it on the nail. Like, in our military experience, we're always around teams. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. So it's like only behooves you to go find your team mm-hmm. and find your little special forces team, <laughs> that, our Navy SEALs team, that's going to go out and mm-hmm. do work for you. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because the veteran, the VA loan industry, because veterans, I think, don't have enough education of the VA loan, that there's just only a really a small group that are actually knowledgeable of how the VA loan is and mm-hmm. how it can apply to the benefit of the veteran. Mm-hmm. And because of that small population and the fact that the industry can be monetized, I think the civilian world mm-hmm. wants to take a hold of that. They yep. want they want to, they want to, you know take it, they want to really leverage it for the industry benefit to maximize profits and whatever the case may be. And I understand it's a business still, lending. There is a cost of doing business, but the VA loan in the industry should be led by veterans, Mm -hmm. like true veterans. Who have the best interest at heart. It's not always about the bottom line. It's about getting veterans into homes, and that's incredibly important. And I do think you hit on it. Um, From what I understand, the VA loans are some of the most profitable loans out there. And I think veterans need to understand that because they can be taken advantage of if they're not working with the right people. No, it's non-recourse. Mm-hmm. So the investor is going to get paid if the veteran defaults. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's no PMI. And it's one of those things where, like, I mean, we just got to keep doing our work. We got to keep demonstrating to the world, like, your story and what you do every day, all those wins that you have with your clients, um, that's what's going to change. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to take that – it's that war that we're, we're in – and it's so good to, to, to see this and to hear this. Um, you know, one thing you were talking about is bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, because the, the core of this is that transition to real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think naturally, we all veterans fall into real estate. Because eventually, you know, we, we, we buy a house with the VA loan. We're constantly moving. So it's always new cities, new environments, which is real estate, the Mm -hmm. built environment. And to me, that's the most consistent or common denominator in anyone's military career. 
is like you always fall back on real estate mm-hmm. and some but not just selling you know yeah. and and when you are deciding to transition and you're going to bet on yourself you might as well bet on yourself within real estate <laughs> you know because yeah. it's the common denominator within everyone's career mm-hmm. i don't care what anyone says yeah. the fact your career really is dependent on where duty station you go to. Mm-hmm. True or false, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're like, people really go like, yeah, there may be an organization there they want to fall in on. But really, it's like, is this going to be a great place for me, mm-hmm. for my family? Maybe if I want to get out, is this is going to be a good city, you mm-hmm. know? And so um, speaking about that, what things could you help them understand when transitioning maybe to a city? Does that make sense? Like, because mm-hmm. it's so tough because let's say I'm in some random base and I want to go pick a city, mm-hmm. but I want to do real estate. Yeah. Anything like that? Any any tips there? I mean, people are always going to be buying and selling, right? So there's always deaths, divorces, and new jobs. And so real estate is a constant no matter where you are. I think you need to figure out where you want to be long term, right? Because building a business and then moving and trying to building a business in a new city is hard. When I started here in the Denver area, I started in 2019. I really had only been here for about two years. So I didn't have a huge sphere. Um, and I was able to build a big business very quickly through hard work and hustle, you know, and that's what the military teaches. So I think that if you're thinking of transitioning, you think about getting into real estate, really think about where do you see yourself in the next 10, 20 years? Like, can you think about putting down roots long term? Because if so, then that would be a great opportunity to build a business and get involved in the community. Um, I think that if you're just going to be kind of hopping around different cities, um, that's a little bit more hard to start a real estate career because it's it's hard to build a business. You know that from yeah. your own personal experience. So it takes time and commitment to where you're at. and. Really, one of the things that I also say is that I went from serving my country to serving my community. And I think that it's really important to get involved in your local community because what the decision makers um, are doing within the community affects your clients too. So really picking a community that resonates with you where you want to be and where you want to be long term is incredibly important in a real estate career. Wow. Um, It's so good to hear this because everything you're saying it just applies to what they teach us in the military. And you're talking about strategy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone, I, I feel like as I get older and I start meeting great professionals like you, it, it, the common thing keeps coming up is like service is king, right? Servicing, executing how well you are in your skill. Mm-hmm. But what's what's God is strategy. Yep. And because if you don't know where you're going what are the, the, in the Army, we call it the lines of effort, mm-hmm. you know, that goes towards this strategic end state. Yeah. Like, y- y- you're lost. Mm-hmm. You're just a lost lieutenant, yeah. you know? And so, <laughs> uh, but that's just so cool. So, you know, you, you gave all these tips. So now let's talk about being a real estate agent, mm-hmm. right? Because you transition, now you're an agent. J- let's get right into it. What experiences that you had both good or bad, that really kind of like 
helped you in your career? And when I say the experiences like military, mm-hmm. like what military experience really helped you in the good and the bad mm-hmm. of being in real estate? Because I think that that's going to be huge. Yeah, I would say, you know, persistence and never giving up. So when I made the decision to get into real estate, my husband told me that I had burned the boats, right? So there was no turning back. I was out on my own and I had to figure it out because there really wasn't another career that interested me at that time that wouldn't just be soul sucking, you know, in an office. So I, I would say that um, uh, drive, like I talk, talked about earlier, hard work, hustle, um, constant growth. I'm very growth minded. So surrounding myself around people who are doing bigger things than me, I just soak it up like a sponge because then I am able to process it and figure out how to adapt and use those insights in my own business. So I think when you're first starting out, you may make sure you're around the right people um, and make sure that you have a support system and that you're very confident in what you want because this job is hard. Um, The past couple of years have not been easy, especially with the markets changing up, down, left, and right, and the demands that have been placed on agents. Uh, It's been challenging. It's, It's sometimes, you know, I loved crisis when I was in the military. I loved chaos and crisis. Um, uh, but the nice thing about it in some ways, there was a start and end to it, right? But in real estate, it's kind of constant chaos and crisis and evolution that you don't never, you don't really always get a pause, right? A break or a breather because you're adapting to new economic and market conditions. So it's been uh, trying at times and trying to figure out how do, I, how do you make it sustainable after you've been in it for a period of time is kind of what I'm focused on now. No, that's like, that's top level stuff you're talking about. And it's so good that you're starting with that. Mm -hmm. Because I would say in the military, and I would say that there's no industry where you could be 18 18 years old and they just drop you in the middle of Iraq, (laughs) you know? And just, you're just getting this tsunami of experience from your organization to the missions to just the culture of the army or the Mm -hmm. Navy or whatever that will prepare you beyond mm-hmm. for and, and we don't appreciate it when we're in like we're just like ah oh, here's the same nuances <laughs> of the navy or the mm-hmm. army ah oh, this person that person this mission and it's so good to see that um, because that's what being an entrepreneur is that's what being a real estate professional is is you're entering a market that is literally unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know, with the with the when we go into missions, we have market intelligence and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, or, or you know, intel on it. But um, it's it's tough. Yeah. You, you know, in the civilian world, no one really plays by the rules like in the army, right? Because we set up <laughs> rules of engagement, escalation of force, like you know, this domain is that person's domain and so forth. There's a lot of rules, actually, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, warfare, the operational environment. But in the business environment, it is, it's, uh, you know, human, it, like, character gets involved. But another thing you were talking about is persistence, mm-hmm. you know, like showing up, showing up every day, not knowing mm-hmm. if maybe this is the career that you're going to be in. And mm-hmm. it reminds me, like, in the military, they tell you, like, put your foot forward, keep moving, you mm-hmm. know, in whatever training scenario. And that's that's literally what it takes. Yeah. I think it's really hard in the beginning. Yeah. I can remember in probably September of 2019, my parents were visiting. Hadn't, I'd been licensed for four, four and a half months. 
and I hadn't sold one home. And I was working yeah, six, dope. seven days a week straight um, and didn't have a client, didn't have anything. And I was really getting upset and frustrated. Um, but from there, like, and I, you know, I was in tears with my parents, like, what am I going to do? I was still kind of fresh out of the Navy. This, these career fields weren't working, but I just had to keep showing up every day, doing the work, doing what people told me to do and really trusting in the process. And this is what I coach with my agents now is that you just have to believe me. You have to trust that you're doing the right thing. If you're doing the work, the, the business will come. And I say that because it takes about six months to really get this business going. And so my first full year in real estate was 2020 and um, going from September in 2019, not having sold any homes to the end of December 2020, I had sold 40 homes in 2020. Whoa. So I would say <laughs> that, you know, I was very close to, you know, giving up, but I knew I had burned the boats. I, there was no other way. I had to figure out how to make this work and I just had to get to work and keep doing it and trusting in myself and the process more than I possibly could. And it was life-changing after 2020 you know selling 40 homes yeah. is a lot <laughs> for a first-year agent it is yeah. wow um it's so again like you're hitting on these experiences like when you're in the military you're like trust me mm -hmm. that we're gonna make it yeah. like we're the mission's almost done mm -hmm. the target's right there whatever yeah. right and your subordinates your soldiers your sailors your peers your even your superiors like there's so much trust that is embedded in everyone. Mm -hmm. And when you go to the entrepreneur side, you have to like trust yourself mm -hmm. and trust that, you know, your process is going to work, which what you say is like the people who you're surrounding yourself yep. with. Mm -hmm. There's definitely some very pivotal yeah. people in the beginning of my career mm -hmm. that really changed how I thought and how I operated as an agent that contributed to that success. And so I think really taking time to go find those people, going out and learning um, is incredibly important. And I still do it today. I mean, we've had a friendship now for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we still like, we're all, I think the great thing about this business is there is no ceiling, right? Ooh. And you're continuing yeah. to grow. And that's what I love about it is that I've evolved so much as a person, honestly, probably more working in real estate in the past four years, I've evolved more than I ever probably did in the military. And I'll, it's very interesting because I feel like I've really had to not only evolve as a person from a mindset perspective, but also as a business owner and then an advisor to my clients. So I've really had to grow um, to adapt and be successful and it's, interesting too because we talked about identity in the beginning and now that I when I first got out you know when I was in the military I was like I'm in the Navy that's part of my identity um, but over time as my business has grown and I really owned who I am as a business owner and leader the military is part of who I am but it's not necessarily my identity anymore and so I think that that's a really critical part of the veteran transition is figuring out what your identity is and being um, able to evolve and grow where veterans get stuck is where they can only think about the past and yeah. their time yeah. in service. And so really finding something that you're passionate about, that challenges you, that makes you a better person, I think is incredibly important for veterans who are transitioning, even if it's not into real estate. No, it's, it's so, again, I can't, I can't speak enough about this. You know, you hit on the network that you and I have been friends for I don't know how many years, but it all started because on LinkedIn, 
you saw me with something or my wife was something <laughs> and you were questioning that, you're like, oh, wait, he, he's a he's a vet. Let me reach out to him. And you took action. You're like, hey, I'm going to call this guy up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, what's up, man? And uh, we started talking and, you know, we quickly, because that's the cool thing about the veteran mm-hmm. is that nine times out of ten, you're going to call another veteran mm-hmm. and they're going to be open arms, yeah. right? You yeah. know, obviously be respectful of everyone's time. But generally, they're going to be open arms. Mm-hmm. And so that's just another example of, like, taking action to start surrounding yourself with people. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, we've, we've done deals. We've, we've grown our brands together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen a lot of different case <laughs> studies of what not to do and what to do. And it's made us better. So mm-hmm. that's just a huge tip, like, for everyone that just you see some veteran doing something, mm-hmm. like, and you want to be there, contact them. Yep. Um, I think the yeah. important thing, too, is that you can think about, like, from the outside looking in, it may seem like real estate's super competitive. Yeah. And yes. sure, it's competitive, but I would say the top people are collaborative, and they want to help. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tell people, like, collaboration is the new currency. Mm-hmm. Like, that is money. Yeah. That can be traded that can be bought and sold it's just so it's so important and i love how you're saying the professionals mm-hmm. collaborate yep the players compete <laughs> yeah. you know that's players compete yeah i'm telling you and professionals collaborate and and that's it's again it's so refreshing uh one thing you hit on that i love is like in entrepreneurship or real estate definitely real estate there is no ceiling yeah but like Ryan Surhan tells us, there's also no bottom. There's no floor. <laughs> yeah. And so, but the ceiling's important because in the military, they teach us, here's the standard mm-hmm. and here's like the top tier, yeah. right? The minimum and then here's the top. And so we know there's mm-hmm. a ceiling. Yeah. So to me, that kind of like neuters. That kind of like, you're kind of like, oh, well, I made it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And you're compl- you get complacent, or mm-hmm. you beat the you beat the minimum standard. You're like, cool, I passed. Yeah. But in life, that's not how it is. Even if you pass, it's still not good enough. Still mm-hmm. not good enough to pay the bills. Still not good enough to be the top agent. Still mm-hmm. not good enough for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And even in the ceiling, even though you reach the top one percent, there's still someone above you. Yeah. And that to me hones in on the military, mm-hmm. the top performers who get out and, jo- and decide to serve again in mm-hmm. real estate, I feel like that hungers you, that, 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 that never satisfies you. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I think that there was an important lesson learned by me um, okay. in the beginning. And then I mentioned that, you know, I, I did 40 deals my first full year in real estate. I was chasing someone else's goal, right? I was mm-hmm. chasing volume goals and because I didn't know anything different. I never worked in sales and don't even really feel like I'm in sales right now. Um, but that's kind of what going into a new environment, that's what they told you. Like, how much do you want to sell? How many yeah. homes do you want to sell? How many volume do you want to sell? And so I was like, I'm going to sell as much as possible, you know? And I just freaking went after it. And I was in the right environment to be able to do big numbers. And and I got to the award ceremony the following year. I was rookie of the year and one of the top agents in, you know, the 200-person company. Um, and I wasn't happy, right? Because I was chasing someone else's goal, and it didn't necessarily contribute to my 
personal benefit. Like it didn't feel right to me. And so the past couple of years, I've been kind of searching, like, what am I chasing? Like, who cares about how much volume I sell? Like, I need to make enough money to support my family and everything like that. But am I trying to chase someone else's goal at the expense of my life? And that can be a big theme, I think, in this industry because we, you know, like to show how many, you know, what level we got in the awards. And, like, I just don't even care about that anymore because – um, there's just different types of goals out there. And for me, what's been most exciting is not the numbers goals, but like the building goals and building a team, building my leadership skill set, build, building myself as a business owner. Like that is way more rewarding to me than whatever the volume that I've sold because I know that if I'm focusing on these skill sets and growth, then the volume's going to come. Mm. Love it. Um, it's... It like I, I, it's like you know you're in a good conversation when you have like so many things you want to say about what you're saying, and you know in the military they always talk about what the mission, mm-hmm. and what does the mission have? Mm-hmm. Task and purpose. Yeah, and the purpose is so important, and for anyone listening, if you decide to join real estate, you are gonna get bombarded like you're saying with the white noise. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna be top agent. You need to do X volume, you know? It, like, that's what mm-hmm. how people identify themselves. Mm-hmm. But if we reflect on, like, why did I enter real estate? Why did I enter real estate in this city? Why did I enter real estate at this time in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And once you define that, like you said, it will literally push you to get the right skills, mm-hmm. and the byproduct will be the volume, mm-hmm. will be the money, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's so important that people really think about what is your purpose in real estate because mm-hmm. we know the the effects that success in real estate can have mm-hmm. to your family to you your health to, to your health yeah. oh the negative suck at the stress and the health yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i have no hair uh, but uh speaking about the effects mm-hmm. what are like imagine who you were you know when you just fresh out the Navy mm-hmm. to now, mm-hmm. you have, it's just changed your life. Yeah. Can you talk about that, like personally, professionally? Yeah. I mean, it, the economy's changing, right? You know, and I was listening to a podcast when I was coming here about the end of uh, the resignation era. And, and, no. um, and I just think about control, right? So who has control over my life? If I'm an employee, it's the employer who has control over my life. And I think we all see that um, a lot of people are stuck in jobs where they are full of stress, working all the time, working for somebody else. And for me, I I am in control, right? Yes, there are different dynamics that influence uh, how I run my business, like market conditions. But ultimately, I'm the one who's deciding the direction where I want to go. I'm the one who is making money or not making money. And I can control all of that, regardless of the market conditions. It's all about the habits and the um, daily activities that I do determine you know, my success. And so I think that that is really important, that I can dictate where I want to go, how much I want to work, how much money I want to make, that type of thing as an entrepreneur. So real estate has allowed me to 
you know, see a different side and to uh, have time off if I want to have time off or work hard if I want to work hard. Like, and it's just an incredible, I'm the, I'm the driver of my own ship. <laughs> you sail your ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, no. And, you know, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Like control affects your life. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, Whoever has autonomy mm-hmm. or whatever environment has autonomy of you will affect you and your family and whatever yep. forever. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny, like that, I, I haven't heard anyone say that, mm-hmm. like how the industry, you know, impacts your life and it's, it stems with control, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so, it, it, it's one of those things because we've been controlled our whole lives <laughs> in the military. <laughs> That you almost, that you just fall in. Mm-hmm. You're, you're complacent. You're used to that. Yeah. And even though that's good, because within that control, like I said, there's like standards and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you, you become the best within the controlled environment. Yeah. Which makes us incredible to go to the business world in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, just with suits. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and blouses or whatever. You know, it's so... Um, and that control affects your, your life. But when you hit the entrepreneur world, mm-hmm. you have all the you you have all the control, which is a which is an opportunity, but also a challenge. Yeah, yeah. But then you hit it again when you were like, you got to have the habits. Mm-hmm. And really, what you're saying is you got to have the discipline. Yep. Because if you don't have the habits, which are discipline, your life is out of control. Mm-hmm. And speaking mm-hmm. about that, how how like any habits, like how do you form habits. Yeah, we have these instinctive habits that we create in the military. Mm-hmm. But now you have to like try try to transition them to an agent setting in your case. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you definitely can take those military habits, but then you just overlay them on mm-hmm. the civilian sector, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what is your take? I mean, I think the biggest thing is if once you become an entrepreneur, you have to think like you're still an employee. You have to show up for work yeah. on time. You yep. have to do the work. You can't just like go off and do Tank. a couple things and then, you know. GTL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no GTL, yeah. Um, especially in the beginning. Like you yeah. have to show up, do the work, be pres- present and continue to grow. Um, and then from there, like once you start developing the skills, it's building new skills, right? So you learn how to write contracts, you learn how to find clients, you learn how to talk to people and negotiate. And then from there, it's, well, who am I? Like, what is this business direction I want to go on? So it's like constant growth and introspection that I think is critical and also exciting because like I said in the beginning, there's there's no ceiling and you, uh, where you want to go, you can do anything you want in this industry. What's your favorite habit? What's my favorite habit? Or what's the most effective habit? Because sometimes mm-hmm. favorite habits are not, are like your unfavorite, or like, you know. Like. Yeah, I think one of the things that's really transformed my business, especially this year, is being a little bit more disciplined with my time. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it before. The past couple of years have just been whack-a-mole, right? No inventory, yeah. crazy demand from buyers. Like, 
I get a text from a client, they want to see a house, I look at it, I'm like, we got to go now, you yeah. know, like, like I got to drop everything, I got to go show you this house. And as a result, the, the infrastructure of my business wasn't necessarily where it needed to be. And so I feel actually incredibly grateful for this current market because it's given me the time and space to build a true foundation of my business and my growing team to really be able to scale in the future that I would never have had if the market continued to be the pure chaos and craziness it was over the past couple of years. So for any, if anything, like this current market has been um, incredible because able to reflect back on being business owners and building the discipline and the infrastructure to build a true business and not a business that is um, responsive to our clients, but is more, we are also in more control of. Mm. Using the theme time mm -hmm. probably is the number one habit. Yeah. Because any habits take time. Mm -hmm. And time is allows you to what? Focus. Mm -hmm. And where focus goes, energy goes. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm going to take that as the only habit people need to understand. And it's so cool because when you think about the military, timeline is always... Mm -hmm. up front and centered mm -hmm. in any mission, any organization. It's like, okay, we're going to wake up at this time. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And, and in that market, when you enter that real estate time, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. like, that did not exist. Yeah. But if you, if you keep coming back to the timeline, you know, focusing on your time, that's where the energy is going to go. And you're going to be able to find those challenges and opportunities. But mm -hmm. in the previous market, we didn't have time for that. Yeah. And now we do. We have time for strategy. And when mm -hmm. the interest rates go back down, because yep. they will. They will. <laughs> more chaos. Uh, okay. <laughs> more chaos, yeah. but it, it'll be harder. It'll be harder because there's a flood, like, you know, buyers yeah. sitting on the sidelines. But uh, you will be set up for success. Yeah. Because, my team will be in place. Yeah. All the systems, processes, client communication, everything. Like those are the things that I've been wanting to build. And now I'm finally building them. So it's been great. And that's good. Because um, you, you're less than, what, five years? Um, just over four years license. So just over four years. Mm -hmm. And you're already thinking like this. Strategically, you're, you're honing in on your habits, your identity, your brand. Um, and... And that's what people should take away too, mm -hmm. is like you gotta you gotta start constantly scrutinizing yourself. Yeah, you know. Well, I think um, uh, one of the best things I did was sign up for coaching, right? Mm -hmm. So you and I both have done some yeah. enhanced performance coaching, and I love my coach. I've been working with her probably almost a year and a half now, um, but. Uh, it's been interesting, too, because to be able to get to this place, I've had to look inward a lot and figure out who am I, mm -hmm. what do I want, you know, what kind of business and lifestyle do I want to go. And, it, and you can get assaulted by people building big teams and doing big things, but that's not necessarily right for everyone. And so it's just been a lot of introspection to identify that. And kind of part of that, we've been talking a lot about um, what I figured out was my core values, right? And I think my core values are incredibly important and are also a reflection of my time in the military because it's how I run my team as well and kind of the expectations that I set within the team. So um, I do have three core values that I was able to kind of figure out with my coach that um, one is operate with excellence. Definitely something I learned from the military. Definitely want to be the best and make sure that we're doing everything at a high level. 
the other one is think strategically. Um, one of the things I do say to some of my clients, I don't know if they always understand it, but <laughs> I say think strategically, act tactically, right? So we need to think about um, what's going on just in the market overall, but then also within the transaction. So how do we maneuver, how do I get my clients uh, one or two steps ahead against the other side? You know, that's kind of the strategy piece that I really enjoy with real estate is, you know, kind of you have to have an if this, then that type of mentality. You can't just make a decision provide advice to your clients without understanding their second and third order effects. Um, and then the third thing is always add value. And I think that really comes into play right now because there's so many negative headlines, so much um, misinformation out there that we can't force anyone to buy or sell real estate. They have to want to do it themselves. And all I can do is continue to have conversations, be upfront and honest, and really give advice that is based on fact and reality of my experiences in the market to set them up for success. To be honest, like when you are doing, you know, a good amount of business, it doesn't matter if one client doesn't want to buy or sell, right? Like, and I think that's where some desperation can come in with agents who aren't producing. And if you have the perspective of like, I want you to do what's best for you, and I'm going to provide you this information, and sometimes that doesn't result in business for me, and that's okay. And I think that that goes a lot longer than a transactional relationship. That really develops into what I'm trying to build within my team is more of an advisory type of relationship. I do believe in being a real estate advisor for life. It's not just a transaction. And many of my clients you know, come back to me to ask lots of different questions, like, who's your accountant? Who did this for you? Who did that for you? Like, I'm heavily involved in my client's life and understand what's going on and I'm always trying to add value within real estate but just within life so I really do appreciate kind of becoming the, what I say is the hub of the the spoke right and that's mm -hmm. kind of how I view my relationships with my clients and who become friends yeah I'm definitely a fan of your values particularly add value <laughs> and the reason why because I remember in the military like when you join a new team mm -hmm. You, you owe, like, high performers, because we're talking professionals, they expect you to put, what do you bring to the table? Mm -hmm. They expect you, like, what are you bringing to the team? Are you carrying your weight, mm -hmm. right? Are you a limiting factor, Yeah. right? And so that's, that's huge, and that stems from the military. Mm -hmm. And if you go in in your business, like, hey, I'm going to add value to this client, I'm going to add value to this marketplace, mm -hmm to our city, yeah. right? And you were doing some fantastic things, you know, recently when the taxes changed mm -hmm. or when there was some yeah. dispute in your local market mm -hmm. or your city, you went out there and did public town hall meetings, mm -hmm. which is no mm -hmm. different than the military. We're going to do key leader <laughs> engagements. We're going to deal with the community. Mm -hmm. And you applied that. And yeah. that's that add value mentality. It, and it also goes back to you're a teacher too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like teach, don't sell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I like that. No, I love yeah. it. I love it. I think one thing that's important too, especially for any veterans looking to get into real estate, if you do join a team, I think you really need to think about what am I contributing to this team, right? Like there has to be a give and take, right? The the team and the team leader needs to be giving and mentoring and fostering your development, but you also need to be contributing to the team. And I think that your success really stems from your buy-in to the culture and the environment and trusting in the process. If you do that and you're contributing and you're doing the things that the team leader asks you, then you're going to be set up for success. And 
you could be set up for success to grow within the team. There's tons of opportunities and different ways to be a part of the team. It's not always buyer's agent, seller's agent. There can be leadership roles. So if you enter a team with that type of mindset and how am I going to help and make this team better, I think you're only going to make yourself better in the process. That's so good to hear. Because we left a market where there was an abundance of leads. Yep. And if you were a new agent and you were coming to the market, mm-hmm. you experience like relatively easier lead generation than we are now. Yep. And if you were on a team, which that's kind of like where a typical transition, you go from the military, real estate, and you probably join a team. Mm-hmm. And if you join a team at that era where leads were a little bit easier, you, you kind of think that's an expectation. Yep. But if you went in like, hey, I'm going to come to Lauren Dempsey Group and I'm going to deliver value. I'm going to get her 10 leads because she's going to help me grow to be a better professional. Like you kind of go in with like look in the mirror first mm-hmm. before yelling out the window, Jim Collins. And and I want people to, to recognize that mm-hmm. because you, hashtag better together. Yeah. And if you come in with that mindset – and imagine if you if you if you did well on the team and then you go solo or if you start solo and you had that mindset, mm-hmm. that's where the referrals come. Mm-hmm. You you start changing yeah. people's lives. Yeah. And if you go with that mentality from the beginning, like you'll never grow because mm-hmm. you're always entitled. Yeah. What are you going to give me? Yeah, what are you going to... Yeah. I think that's pretty big. And I mean, I don't give leads on my team. I teach people how to fish. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once you learn how to fish, then you have consistent business and don't have to worry about the market. It's It's so important. Now, tell me the worst thing that's happened to you in your career. How'd you overcome it? Like, like, you know, it's all, you know, it's cool. Like you said, on Mm -hmm. on social media, people see like, oh, I sold all this and all that. Yeah. But they don't understand like the 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 background mm-hmm. the the uh, behind the curtains how much pain people go through yeah. suffering like yeah. it's not as easy as people think yeah and i think probably the worst thing is not putting myself first right um because you put your business first when you begin and then you know relationships can suffer and health can suffer and that's something that I've had to learn especially in my first year like it was all business all the time and I wasn't paying attention to other things around me because I was chasing this number goal you know and at all costs and it was a wake-up call afterwards I was like I have to change how I do business because this is not sustainable in any way and I got into this business to have a sustainable type of life and if you're not paying attention and putting yourself and your family and friends first then you know your clients can take over and your life become miserable Mm -hmm. so I think it's Mm -hmm. important to put up boundaries am I perfect on that absolutely not but I think every day I'm trying to get better and better um, and also trying to instill that within my clients too where with my clients with my clients teaching them boundaries like yeah. I can't be on call uh, I'm not gonna answer your call at 8 30 o'clock at night um, I'm probably almost in bed you know <laughs> I need to take a Sunday off like if I'm working seven days 14 days 21 days straight like I'm not doing the best thing for you and I'm not doing the best thing for me either so like being okay of not showing a home on a Sunday it's really hard as a new agent to say those types of things but once you put those boundaries up like people start to respect them wow it reminds me, I always say, like, don't take my kindness for weakness. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't really apply that to your customers or clients. <laughs> but no, like, you come into the business as a selfless servant, mm-hmm. you know, as a servant leadership. Yeah. And 
you, you need to quickly understand that mm-hmm. because there's some great opportunities that, but there's some challenges yeah. that which will make your life hell yeah if you don't understand how to control that because we we want to serve we want to be there but if not it's just gonna it's gonna destroy you mm-hmm. so what was the most rewarding aspect of of real estate um I honestly when I think about it like selling those 40 homes my first year was some of that was the hardest year. Like that was hard, um, but it was also rewarding, right? Like I showed that I could do whatever I put my mind to, and you know it was definitely one of the top biggest accomplishments that I've I've had in my life. I would say, um, because I, it was so much work and it was so hard, but I did it, you know, mm-hmm. and it gave me the confidence and the knowledge to continue to have a strong career. And I would say, you know, this year has been formidable too. Like having to completely reevaluate my business, my structure, um, put in new habits as well. I think that, um, you know, it's been hard, but I think I'm getting towards, you know, some of the end of the transition. I'm starting to see the fruits of the labor that have been put in over the past six months. And honestly, I'm really excited for the end of, for the second half of 2023. I'm excited about what I'm building. I'm excited about the future. And I'm excited about the person that this industry has really made me. I'm a completely different person and I am in a very positive way. I'm just really excited about the growth that I have realized being in real estate and excited about the future. No, I love it because people, and, and we know in this era, like people want this instant satisfaction, this, they don't want to delay that mm-hmm. um, for something even bigger. <laughs> and y- you talk about it because you're still getting a return. Mm-hmm. Let's say, yes, there's going to be money involved. Yes, you're going to get compensated. But the real compensation is you becoming a better person, mm-hmm. a better professional, a better yeah. veteran, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's so good to hear because that's what entrepreneurship's about. That's really what real estate's about is playing the game. Mm-hmm. This is a game that mm-hmm. we all play, yep. and you're just becoming better. Yep. And Yes, you may not get a check sometimes. You may get a check sometimes, but if you learn, you know, you the just, checks will come. Oh, the checks <laughs> will come, and, and so it's good. To, it's so good to hear. Now, as we conclude, like, what is that final thought you want to leave everyone? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think don't be afraid to do what you're not supposed to do, right? And take a bet on yourself. I think we are all conditioned, especially in the military, what we should be doing after the military, and it's okay to take a different path. Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> because I'm like, did I do that? Did, am I? Do, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's a good question because you're you're questioning the uh, the norm or mm-hmm. the uh, the status quo. Yeah. And betting on yourself, it's like we got one life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. I always tell military people, I'm like, you jump out of planes, you you swim in the deep waters, mm-hmm. you know, or you fly in the sky, mm-hmm. and you still don't want to take a bet on yourself mm-hmm. after the military. Yeah. You took a bet for the country. Yeah. It's time for you. It's your time. Yeah. It's your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that if someone is thinking about getting in real estate, like understand it's not as glamorous as it makes it out to be on TV, and also understand that you may not get a paycheck for the first six to eight months. So make sure you have the finances prepared. Uh, maybe it's support or just savings, or maybe you sell a property. You know, I don't know if I'd always sell right now, yeah. but um, but if you need the money, like I would say that you uh, need to think about it as an investment, right? It's not. Um, you're investing in yourself and you are becoming a better person and you're entering a career field where there is no ceiling, where you can go wherever you want to go and take your business wherever you want to go and live whatever lifestyle you want to live. But first you have to take that first step. That's right. And then <laughs> bet on yourself. But I'll tell the audience what they should do. Okay. And they should, and they should follow Lauren on every platform, particularly LinkedIn. She's dominating on LinkedIn. I'm an avid follower, and I can't wait to see what else is in store for Lauren this year. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Brian, for having me. Of course. <laughs>